Today on CityCast Chicago, Hollywood loves a good rom-com this time of year, complete with snowy streets and hopeless romantics. Chicago is the perfect setting for all of this. We rewatched the 1995 film While You Were Sleeping, and we're grading its Chicagoness. It's Tuesday, December 20th. I'm Simona Dicea, and this is CityCast Chicago. I am here with uh, our host, Jacoby Cochran, and uh, CityCast contributor, Lee Giangreco, uh, to talk about another iconic Chicago film, While You Were Sleeping. It follows Lucy, who's a, a lonely CTA clerk played by Sandra Bullock, who is sort of has this crush on afar on this guy who is regularly taking the train, played by Peter Gallagher. And on Christmas... Lucy saves this man from getting hit by a train, but his fall onto the tracks uh, has left him in a coma. Through a mix-up at the hospital, the man's family now thinks Lucy is the man Peter's fiance, even though she's never actually said two words to the guy. Now, Lucy wants to tell him the truth, but in the week between Christmas and New Year's, she falls in love with the man's family, especially his brother Jack, who's played by Bill Pullman. Um, Lee, what is your relationship to this movie? Is it something you rewatch all the time? Were you unfamiliar with it? What's what's the situation there? So I didn't discover this movie until I moved to Chicago. And it was that first COVID Christmas. And I was hanging out with my roommate, Cam. And she was like, wait, you've never seen While You Were Sleeping. And so I kind of have a soft spot for it. It feels like my introduction to... Chicago and to Christmas in Chicago. And yeah, it's just such a heartwarming film. It's a great rom-com and I love it. Yeah, I I love a good rom-com, particularly like this era of rom-com, late 90s, early 2000s, like really in for some comfort food there. Jacoby, what was your history with this movie? I had never heard of this movie. I had never once heard of it growing up. I never saw a poster for it. I don't even remember flipping away from it on TV. I was sitting in my room uh, earlier this week. C. Shepard messages me like, hey, remember to watch while you, uh, while you were sleeping. I'm like, okay. 20 minutes later, my brother comes to my room. He's like, gee, I just saw this Chicago Christmas movie uh, starring Sandra Bullock called While You Were Sleeping. You ever seen it? I was like, <laughs> and I'm sitting there mouth again. He was like, hey, Sandy? Uh, charm on point the city you know like the loop part of the city on point so oddly enough this movie caught me off guard it found me i was not looking for this movie at all i'm sitting on the couch and all of a sudden youtube suggested it um turned out to be a christmas surprise for your boy uh, i'm kind of a sucker for these type of films especially when the holidays are like interwoven in the theme and to be a person from Chicago and know all these places or at least know all these areas um, where all these old places are on screen and it's like just super surreal to see it. Four out of five Joshi stars for a holiday film. And so it I just apparently this was the week for me to watch it and so uh, yeah I, I've now seen it and, and I got some thoughts. I, I'm excited to talk about them. One thing that's wild for me is I actually, so I loved this movie, like as a kid, like as a young person, but I hadn't seen it in probably like 
I don't know, 10, 15 years. And somehow in the intervening time, in my brain, I just assumed it took place in New York. Like I like it did not lodge in my brain that it had taken place in Chicago. I'm from Seattle. You had, I, I'm on the other side of the country. Right, I don't yeah, know. I'm not, it's I'm big not, buildings. I, it's I'll, trains. I don't know. It's the L, though. It's the L. It's the iconic shot of Chicago. Even when they don't film a movie in Chicago, they're like, how do we show the audience that's in Chicago? Oh, the L. Right. It's them saying <laughs> Chicago about 40 times. So they me, say it know. 8 billion times. <laughs> this is completely on my younger self CTA for not retaining jacket. this information. <laughs> Got the merch on. <laughs> but, like, what yeah. baseball team does he root for? Chicago. <laughs> Which one of the three studios was Peter's favorite? Curly. Curly. Ha! He's everybody's favorite. Oh, I like Shemp. Favorite ice cream. Baskin Robbins. Favorite baseball team? Chicago. Cubs or White Sox? What the heck is going on? <laughs> so, so to that, and we're already doing it. We what, read the Sun Lee, what was, <laughs> Lee, what was your favorite quote or scene? Jacoby, you, you said probably my second favorite quote, which is, <laughs> we read the Sun Times. So, who's this Lucy? She's your brother's fiance. You'd think if Peter were getting married, he would have announced it in the Tribune. We read the Sun Times. Amen. Amen. I love that, that whole interaction with the dad. The fact that they're talking in church and they have that whole thing about like we're Sun Times family. Like it's just so it's so relatable <laughs> as a Catholic. Like I've been shushed by my family so many times for like discussing the Godfather during Mass. So <laughs> I love that scene. Um, but yeah. Oh, other favorite quote uh, is where the nurse finds out that Sandra Bullock is not actually the fiance. Why, why did you say that? Say what? I'm not his fiance. Why did you tell me that you were? I'm not engaged. I've never even spoken to the what? guy. Well, do- downstairs, you said you said you were going to marry him. Oh, geez, I was talking to myself well next time you talk to yourself tell yourself you're single and end the conversation she was not about to take no accountability she was like i mean you said it out loud so i went and told people right told the whole family the whole hospital everybody knew that she was this guy's not violating hipaa somehow or something just to be like it's a fiance let her in i mean that's not health information technically True, true. I'm gonna uh, like go and stalk like you know Northwestern and just be like, yeah, I'm engaged <laughs> to that guy, the doctor, <laughs> really well paid doctor. Oh no, oh no, Jacoby, what was your favorite moment? Uh, maybe this won't come as a shock to people, but Jerry was the funniest mug in the movie to me. Uh, <laughs> he is the the like primary black dude in the movie. He plays Lucy's boss at the CTA, or at least her manager in, in some capacity. Um, but every time he is on screen, it is like comic gold. Their relationship uh, throughout the movie is hilarious to me, and like all of their conversations just happen so like picturesque right outside the Wrigley Building. Future daughter-in-law and the grandmother that she's got this heart thing, and if I tell her the truth, she's gonna have a heart attack and she's gonna die, and it's gonna be on my head. Well then, go along with it. And when Peter comes out of the coma, the family will be so happy they won't care that you lied to them. They'll probably even thank you for it. Just mustard. Okay, what if he doesn't come out of his coma? Well, then who's to know? I don't know. 
Lucy, when my mother found out I was getting married to my wife, her intestines exploded. Now you tell them now, you might as well shoot grandma. We've mentioned there are several iconic Chicago shots. Obviously, they mention Chicago all the time. But but what do you think, Lee, was the best shot that sort of captured the city? Like, what, what was sort of the best element that kind of screamed Chicago? That shot of the Sun-Times building where she and Bill Pullman are on the Riverwalk. And to me, that feels like Chicago at its zenith. Um, I was just watching a couple weeks ago the documentary on Charlie Trotter. And uh, they have that voiceover that says... In the 90s, Chicago was like the center of the universe. And like to me, <laughs> that shot with the Sun-Times is just like, yeah, Chicago in the 90s was at its peak. Everything was great. Um, so I love that. But then also whoever the location scout was for this movie, props to selecting uh, the apartment for Lucy it's that yes. U-shaped courtyard in Logan Square. Um, it's it's such a quintessential Chicago apartment that it actually makes me believe she lives in Chicago Facts. and that the CTA worker she could afford that. <laughs> that was my going to be my location actually, and specifically like her hallway and the staircase and oh, that like gross brown too. carpet that's on like. I have lived in that building. Like I have 100% lived in that building and I can smell it. Like that, that interior was, was so spot on. I felt like. Y'all both hit it right on the head. My, I wrote it down. My location scout award, the shot when Jack and Lucy are on the revolk and the way the camera just dips down passing the Wrigley building, the Tribune building and just brings them into frame before cutting up on that sort of mid shot of them walking that was my favorite. And just those rails, because the Riverwalk has changed so much. They've put millions of dollars into it uh, in just the last decade, you know, adding things like art on the mart. So to, to almost to make you think that, like, there was no Riverwalk before this uh, sort of current right. rendition of it. So a part of me was like, oh. Let's talk about Chicago accents. Come Did this sound, sound like Chicago? Jacoby, you're shaking your head. Talk talk to me. What are you thinking? Lee, you said this even in our communication leading up to this, G. Like, come on. The minute Joe Jr. come on screen, you're like, what is happening right now? Hey, Pop, can I give that bottle of blue nun you got from Cousin Ornella to my probation officer? You see, we got some company. Say hello. Hello, Luce. Nice uh, sweater. Thank you. It's over there. Joe Jr. still single. Yeah, it's a shocker. They cast some dude from Long Island. And told him do nothing, just pull up. You could wear the same tank top you wear at the crib. It looked like he just walked right, right on the movie set. It wasn't, it, it's so frustrating because the Chicago archetype, like the sort of, I guess you could say Chicago townie, definitely does exist and exists in so many other movies. It's not like people nationally don't know what sort of a, you know, middle class or working class Chicago guy looks like or sounds like. 
why isn't he wearing like sort of a puffy down jacket and like talking with that just classic nasal accent? It's so easy to do. SNL did it in the 70s and the 80s. Like, mm-hmm. just copy that. I sort of maybe had a different experience because I obviously didn't live in Chicago in 1995. Um, but I'm curious for either of you, were there like some real nostalgia inducing moments uh, in this film? I also didn't live in Chicago in 1995 uh, and wouldn't have really remembered much otherwise. Um, but I mean, I think everybody can relate to the scene. I think it's, well, it's not on Christmas Eve. It's like their, their makeup Christmas night that they have together as a family. And it's just so sweet. And it feels very, um, I don't know, very authentic the way the family is unwrapping all the presents and like, you know, the little girl has, I think she has like socks or something on her hands and it just, it, it looks like a real quirky family. Um, and they're also really likable. And I think what people love about this movie is as you opened with Sandra Bullock, not only falls in love with Bill Coleman, but she falls in love with his family and little scenes like that, or the dinner conversation scene, get that across, that they're just this nice, weird family to be around. And so, yeah, I like that. Yeah, the dinner conversation scene where, like, everyone's having a slightly different conversation (laughs) next to each other, over each other, to each other. I could never make a good pot roast. You need good beef. Argentina has great beef. Beef and Nazis. (laughs) John Wayne was tall. Dustin Hoffman was 5'6". Would you want to see Dustin Hoffman save the Alamo? His mashed potatoes are so creamy. Spain has good beef. Mary mashed them. Cesar Romero was tall. Cesar Romero was not Spanish. I didn't say Cesar Romero was Spanish. Well, what did you say? I said Cesar Romero was tall. We all know he's tall. Well, that's what I said. Cesar Romero is tall. That's all I said. And then, like, Lucy and Jack are just kind of sitting there smiling at each other silently. I I really vibed with that. The exact same scene. I wrote in my notes, I'm not going (laughs) to lie, the present scene so far got me. But I got to say, you know, for it being a rom-com and it having a really wild and ludicrous plot, the family cheering them on, kissing under the mistletoe just seemed like un beyond unnecessary. It was those little <laughs> moments that just pulled me out of the cuteness of the plot. I'm like her fake fiance and a whole coma right now. Y'all don't know if the man going to live or die. And because there is some fake piece of greenery over them, y'all just like, Hey, go on, kiss his brother. Just, just make it happen. That I was that, thinking about this the other day though. I was at Trader Joe's and I noticed uh, a box full of mistletoe and I was thinking like do people buy that anymore? I feel like mistletoe was bigger in the 90s. Like my mom had this big she called it a kissing ball which sounds real weird. But it's it's like a giant ball of mistletoe and I felt like everybody used to have it. Is there anything else that you think either um aged poorly or that aged surprisingly well from this movie well i was just thinking you you had asked about a specific scene but the more i thought about it the more i thought that i think this movie really works because sandra bullock is a woman and she's you know very cute and uh just likable but I feel like it would take such a different tone if this were a lady hit by a train and went into a coma and woke up and there's some dude there. 
I'm not I'm not going front. I was sitting there like, so she just learned the lesson about maybe romanticizing somebody too early and how that can go haywire. And then this dude who the entire film she was lying to him and his family, even maybe if it wasn't out of the like coldness of her heart. And so she hasn't really built anything with him on a on a like a place of like honesty and understanding and accountability. And he just pulls up, drops a ring in the token, like where the CTA tokens go, which I never seen a CTA token in my life. So I'm I'm that has aged out of existence. So I'm down with that. But then she just accepts his his marriage proposal after what I'm imagining was like it's a week. It I feel like it was less <laughs> than a week because he pulled up late. He wasn't even there at the he don't even come to the movie to like 30, 45 so like, like, incidents? Maybe it's a long engagement, though, guys. Let's give Sandra Bullock a little credit here. Please <laughs> <laughs> trying to be yeah. nice. <laughs> but showing, pulling up with the whole family at my job with an engagement ring and just popping that boy through the through the money, uh, the little money slide seems wildly scene, ambitious. Though. I do. That 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 really that got me. That like <laughs> Get as a romantic gesture, knee. that really got me. And yeah, and like the whole family's there. Just completely over the fact that this woman lied to them about dating their coma son. The weeks long con of a family to the point that they've fallen in love with you and you've psychologically brainwashed them to thinking, you know, maybe you're not tripping a little bit. You know, if you just change the the score, change the score, drop the like lighting on this movie a little bit, horror movie. By the end of it, she's killed this <laughs> entire family, G. Last thing we kind of want to get to here, you know, as I mentioned before, in my brain, this movie took place in New York, and then immediately I was abused of that notion when the opening credits um, uh, uh, came up. But, uh, you know, do you think, Lee, that this movie could have taken place in any other city, or did it have to take place in Chicago? So I was thinking about this, and I think so much of the... Uh, setting has to do with the plot, right? Like in order for him to fall in the tracks and everything you need. I mean, I guess you could do it on a subway, but I feel like it works maybe a little bit better with an L. And as I mentioned, in the 90s, it really did feel like Chicago was the center of the universe. I'm not just saying that because it's city cash Chicago. But, you know, there were all these movies that took place here. So I don't know, maybe there was a fascination with Chicago. And... I don't know. I think Chicago is a great place to set a Christmas movie. New York is too, but we've seen that so many times. And, you know, for all the dialect problems in this movie, I think there are still uh, some specific Chicago flavors in here that make it unique. Jacoby, what do you think? I think it probably could, but why would you want it done anywhere else? Like, There might be something, too, with the way the family acts is it feels very Midwestern. Oh, yeah. Um, the way they just kind of immediately welcome her and maybe, I don't know, they're a bit naive. Like, I could kind of see this happening where if I scam my way into a Chicago family, they would be like, well, you know, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Jardinier, you're all good. <laughs> they just don't lock their doors, I feel like, in certain parts of, like, northwest suburbs. And so you could just pop on up uh, and, and, and hop on right in. Just just fit right in, Lee. <laughs> that's, that's my plan. I'm just going to pop on over to Winnetka and 
Are you going to, so now you've you've actually outlined two plans because you're like, I'm going to go to Northwest Memorial and tell people I'm someone's fiance. So I think you're about to live this movie. You literally already did Ferris Bueller. If you do while you were sleeping, you're a a goddamn legend. Like, come on. (laughs) Just like on the L tracks, like looking for precarious gentlemen. Watch out. (laughs) Hide your kids, hide your wife. I will say you couldn't make this movie today because no way the train is coming that fast. Peter Gallagher would have gotten ghosted by the CTA and then he would have woken up. He would have been like, what am I doing down here? Why am I not just taking an Uber? I'm a highly paid lawyer. Lee, thank you so much for joining the City Cash Chicago team again to talk about another iconic Chicago movie. Uh, appreciate having you here as always. Thanks for having me come on. I don't know why you guys keep letting me do this. It's so silly. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. It looks like we might be getting a Chicago holiday blizzard later this weekend into the weekend, so make sure you got your action plan together. Emergency phone numbers, canned goods, shovels, salt, or a couple dollars for the neighborhood shorties to knock it out. For more resources, head over to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, at chicago.citycast.fm. There's a link in our show notes to a GoFundMe campaign for the families of the two teens who were shot and killed outside of Benito Juarez High School last Friday. CPS says its students' absences from school will be excused if parents call, and the district said they will roll out support services. Mayor Lightfoot announced a pilot program for some west side neighborhoods, including Garfield Park, for up to $1,500 in funeral costs to families who have lost loved ones to gun violence and $1,000 for those who have suffered a debilitating injury from gun violence. And some good news to get you through. This Thursday, grab your ugliest holiday sweater and head over to the MLK Center in Gresham for a family night of skating and bowling. And if your sweater is hideous enough, you could win a prize. The session is from 5 to 8. As always, we appreciate you for listening. I'm going to talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Gee, I never even heard. Are you chewing gum? I am. Should I stop? Yes, please. Damn, she producer kicked right in. She was like, get that gum out your goddamn <laughs> How dare you, bastard? How many times have you done this? How dare you chew gum during our discussion of the golden age of rom-com?